We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to DC. Get it going. What's up, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. And to take you up to 3 o'clock on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy in Gold today. Week 14 officially in the books after the Patriots beat up on the Cardinals last night on Monday Night Football. Look, Patriots doing all they can to keep their postseason dreams alive after last night's win. They move into the seventh seed. So they have some control uh, over the AFC's final playoff spot uh, for now, at least. Going to be a wild finish for the entire AFC conference. For my money, I'm not personally buying New England to make the postseason. I just don't think they have the offense to compete with some of the high-scoring teams in the conference. And check out this finish to the year for the Pats. Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, So, yeah, you see why I'm not uh, banking on them to finish too strong. Speaking of finishing strong, though, the Commanders looking for a strong finish in order to clinch their first postseason berth since 2020. They got some big help Sunday while enjoying their bye week. Heading into the weekend, Washington was on the outside looking in in terms of the NFC playoff picture after their 2020 tie with the Giants. But by Sunday night, the Burgundy and Gold postseason bound, thanks to help from the Carolina Panthers, Washington at 7-5-1, holding down the sixth seed in the NFC playoffs. And it all sets up for Sunday night's huge rematch with the New York Giants. And the formula, pretty simple for Washington the rest of the way. Win, and you're in. And as we all know, that's a great spot to be in come mid to late December, especially considering the way this group started the season at 1-4. 6-1-1 in their last eight games, and they're rolling right now. But let me make one thing very clear to you all. And really, this is my personal message to Ron Rivera and the players. Don't be like your predecessors. Don't be like the team in prior years. What do I mean by that? Don't crumble in the face of prosperity. Because let's be honest, 
since I've been born, that's what this team tends to do. This team right now is potentially on the brink of something special. My simple message is don't screw it up. You are in complete control of your own destiny right now. Four games left to go. You went out. You get in. That should be the focus. Damn going one and three down the stretch. Damn going two and two down the stretch. Hell, I don't even want three and all. I want them all. Show me who you are. Show the world who you are. Show people that, look, this is not a fluke. Because guess what? Despite what you've done over the past eight weeks, nobody nationally is buying the Washington Commanders. Nobody nationally thinks the Commanders are a legitimate threat for the postseason. The rest of the league sees this Commanders team as nothing more than a feel-good story. All the drama circulating around the team, all the drama circulating with ownership. Sunday night, you got the opportunity to show this isn't just some flash in the pan. It's a national stage, prime time. What else could you possibly want? Handle your damn business. And show the rest of the country, look, we are legit contenders. And that you're not just some six-seed Cinderella story. I've been singing the praises of this defense because they deserve it. I really have. Sunday night, defense, you must dominate. It's on you. It's on you. Put up or shut up. You can't lose if you don't give up points. You can't lose if you're dominant on the defensive side of the football. And heading into this week, and really for the last month or so, everyone's flavor of the week right now is the San Francisco 49ers. That's the team everyone's supposed to be so damn scared of, led by Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. You can't cut the damn TV on without hearing how good the 49ers are. What about us? What about us? This defense hasn't given up over 21 points in nine straight weeks. We have the best interior defensive line in football. Where's our national love? I'm back, baby. Where the love? Where the love at? Fourth in the NFL in yards allowed per game. Tenth in points per game given up. Ninth against the run. Eighth against the pass. Where's the love at? I'm back, baby. Where the love? Where the love at? I'm just asking. Sunday night, though. Prime time. At home. Your crib. Man, if you say you're a fan of this team and you're not out there on Sunday night, are you really a fan? If you can afford to be there Sunday night and you're not working during game time and you got the financial means to get out there, do it. I'm ready for a playoff push. It's time. Strike up the damn band. Let's go. It's time to show the rest of the world who the hell we are. I'm back, baby. Where the love? Where the love at? Because at some point, at some point, they're going to start drinking the commander's Kool-Aid. And at that point, I don't want it to be too late. Get on the bandwagon now. Everything you want right now is right in front of you. Everything that you need right now is right in front of you. This is who you are. It's not sexy. You don't get style points for it. But damn it, for the last nine weeks, for the last eight weeks, this has been one of the best teams in the National Football League. Sunday night, prime time. You get the chance to show the rest of the world exactly who you are. Just getting rolling here on a Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. You all know how I get down to the People's Show. 
Tap it with me all show long. One of two ways. Team 980 listener lines wide open. 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you reach me on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have some guests stop by today as well. One o'clock, our buddy Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington will join the program. And at two o'clock, Dan Duggan, who covers the New York Giants for the Athletic, will hop on with us and give us the latest on the G-Men. They suffered an ugly loss Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. So Dan Duggan will give us the latest on Big Blue as they get ready for Sunday night's big showdown with the Washington Commandos. Take a quick timeout. When we come back, the folks at NFL.com says one side of the football for the Commanders is under immense pressure as we enter the final month of the season. I'll tell you who next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Coming up at 1 o'clock, our friend Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington set to join the program. He'll give us the latest on the burgundy and gold. Coming out of the bye week, important business to handle today uh, for Washington. We'll have a walkthrough today. It'll be their first official work uh, of the week. Head coach Ron Rivera set to speak to the D.C. media at around 2 o'clock. We'll play that for you uh, in its entirety as well. Hopefully we get some update uh, on the injury status of a couple key commanders. Uh, heading into Sunday night's big-time game against the New York football Giants. NFL.com, though, had an interesting piece uh, earlier this morning that I tapped in with, and the premise of it all is there are four defenses, according to NFL.com, that have the most pressure on them heading into the final month of the season. The Washington Commanders listed as one of those defenses. I'll read you the excerpt uh, from the folks over at NFL.com. Washington was 1-4 and four at one point, looking very much like a team that needed to start thinking about next year. They fought their way back into the wild card race because quarterback Taylor Heineke has been a critical spark and their defense uh, has found its footing. The commanders haven't allowed 21 points to any team over the last nine weeks. They've gone 6-2-1 in that stretch, and they've got stellar play from a dominant defensive line And really the big difference in this Washington Commanders defense right now, the Commanders forced one turnover, one turnover in the first five games of the season. They've had 14 turnovers since, uh, including four in their upset win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And we all know it. The Eagles game 
winning on national television against an undefeated team was the coming out party for the Washington Commanders. Is when we really got on everyone's radar and teams started to say, hey, look, they're legitimate. But see, as I said in the open, it's not enough for me, right? The love nationally that this football team hasn't gotten, I think, is long overdue. And I think a win Sunday night against the Giants changes all of this. It changes the narrative. It changes the discussion. Because let's be quite frank. Everyone's flavor of the week right now is the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at the 49ers, what are the big differences between Washington and San Francisco? The offensive line of San Francisco is pretty damn good. Outside of that, where are they clearly better than Washington in any position of the field? Statistically now, this San Francisco defense is one of the best in the league. Hell, some would say they are the best in the league. When you look at the numbers, San Francisco's ranked first in pretty much every uh, defensive category. And for good reason, they're 9-4. and four. They were also listed as one of the four defenses that have the most pressure. It's interesting to me, though, because when I look and talk about Washington's defense, I don't, I don't associate pressure with that group. I don't associate panic with that group. This Washington commander's defense, though, when you really look at things on its surface, there's an argument to be made. They're under the most pressure of any defense heading into the postseason, and here's why. This commander's offense has been so limited that for the last eight, nine weeks, this defense has had to play mistake-free football. Now, how difficult that is, week in, week out, to play without making any mistakes? That's what this group has done, and they've kept Washington competitive. Washington, of course, 6-1-1 one one over the last eight weeks. Taylor Heineke under center is the man that's getting a lot of the credit for what's going on, but we all know it. Defensively, this group, and I've said it for the last month now, is playing at a championship level. The fact that this defense has to play mistake-free football is why I think they have the most pressure on them. I mentioned the turnover numbers. If this defense wasn't turning people over at the rate that they were, would Washington be in the position that we're in? No. The reason why I say there's pressure is because you got to sustain that level of play. We've now seen them do this for the better part of the season. It's been nine straight weeks, really, where this defense is giving you championship-level play. That's what we've become accustomed to at this point, right? We don't expect anything less. And I think it's that mindset and that mentality that's gotten them to where they're at right now. But based off of what they're dealing with on the other side of the football, the pressure is sure as hell on this commander's defense because guess what? All it takes, all it takes is one slip-up. All it takes is one mistake. And guess what? Your playoff shots are gone. If this commander's defense somehow gets back to playing even average ball, even if they play average ball, that could be it. That could be the knockout blow that sends Washington home. That could be the knockout blow that stops this team from making the postseason. We'll find out uh, later when we hear from Ron Rivera the injury status of some guys, but we don't know the status of Benjamin St. Juice moving forward. That's pressure. He's a big part of this turnaround. If they don't get him back soon, how long can the secondary hold up? Pressure is definitely on this commander's defense, but guess what? They've shown here for the last eight weeks, pressure doesn't bother this group. 
And what's so impressive to me is the fact that this group has been able to thrive under pressure. Not a lot of units across the National Football League can do that. People want to talk about San Francisco having the NFL's best defense. I don't buy it. Here's why. This commander's defense is getting zero help from the other side of the football. You know how hard it is down in and down out to carry a football team the way this commander's defense has? They're getting nothing on the offensive side of the football. They've been able to withstand injuries. But I'll be honest with you. Pressure, pressure still exists, and here's why. Like I said, they are one average performance away from potentially the season being over for them. They are one average performance away from this season looking a hell of a lot different. They're one average performance away from us looking all the way into the offseason. The discussion changes completely if this commander's defense doesn't continue to play the way that they've been playing. Like I said, they forced just one turnover in the first five weeks of the season. They've had 14 turnovers since, including four in the upset win over Philly. This group has done a complete 180, and it's the singular reason, I feel like, that this that this complete football team has been able to go on the run that they've went on. You woke up today, you're Washington Commanders, the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. Guess what? They're not there without this defense. They're not there without the turnovers that they've been able to force. They're not there if they haven't been able to carry this football team the way that they have. This defense is doing something special right now. And the fact that they've been able to maintain relatively good health on this side of the ball, there's no excuses for them. (laughs) Offensively, if they were to perform bad, there's excuses built in for you, right? Oh, the center's hurt. Oh, our offensive line's banged up. We're on our third guard. Our tackles are out. Defensively, there are no excuses, which is why we were so critical of their performance during the first month of the season. But credit to Jack Del Rio, credit to Ron Rivera in this commander's defense. They've been able to get over the hump here, and it's got us talking about this football team in a completely different light all of a sudden. For me, though, if this football team is going to reach their goals for this season, which I assume at this point is just to make the postseason, defensively, they got to ratchet it up. It's been good. Hell, it's been damn near great. I need perfection on that side of the football. That's the only way. That's the only way that this group is really going to be able to punch their ticket to the postseason. I don't trust this commander's offense to play from 14 back. I don't trust this commander's offense to have to come back in a football game. It all starts on the defensive side for this group, which is why I think clear cut. They've got the most pressure on them. Uh, heading into the postseason. Not the 49ers, who is listed on this list. Not the Bucks, Not the Lions. It's the Commanders. If this Commanders defense does not continue their dominant performance that they've had over the last nine weeks, the feel-good story that we're having right now, kiss it goodbye. It will not last. You will not be able to sustain the winning ways of the last month and a half if this defense doesn't continue to play like a championship unit. Based on the personnel that they've got at all three levels of this thing, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all. That first Giants game up in the Meadowlands gave me some cause for concern. But guess what? This group has now had extra time to prepare for the Giants. And Eminem, you said this earlier when we were getting ready for the show. Based on what the Giants did against the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend, 
Is there a legitimate shot that this weekend Washington's playing a team with no spirit? Washington's playing a team with no heart. At some point, at some point, you've got to be able to capitalize off of everything that's going on right now. And I'm specifically speaking to the offense when I say this. I'd be damned. I'd be damned if this championship-level performance that this commander's defense has been giving you, if it doesn't end in a postseason berth, then what are we talking about? If it doesn't end in this team punching their first ticket to the postseason since 2020, what are we talking about then? We're at a point right now, yes, this group is 1-4. and four, But damn it, this offseason, you remember the discussion and the narrative around this group? We were talking 10-11 wins, right? That's before we saw this team play a game. We knew this defense would step up and bounce back. We hoped. They did. Offensively, though, you're still getting JV-level performance. Offensively, though, they're not holding up their end of the bargain. That's why it's even more special as to what Washington's doing on defense. I just wonder, though, how long they can sustain it. The road ahead isn't cherry sweet for the Washington Commanders. They got a game Sunday night. If you don't win Sunday night, I don't take you serious for the rest of the year. Hell, if you don't win Sunday night, you don't take yourself serious for the rest of the season. You got a game that you should win against the Giants, and then next weekend, I can't wait, Christmas Eve, Saturday night? You kidding me? Going up to take on everybody's flavor of the week in the San Francisco 49ers? If you can't get up for this last month of the Commander's season, then you're playing the wrong game. This is everything you could have wanted right in your face right now. If I'm a member of that commander's defense, I'm licking my chops at the challenge ahead of me. It's going to be on that side of the football as to whether or not this team gets in. I don't give a damn what Taylor Heineke does. I don't give a damn what the offensive line does. If this defense is who we think they are, you're getting into the postseason no matter what. Like I said, when you're playing at a championship level, you're able to overcome the shortcomings of your offense. You're able to overcome injury situations let's go let's go the time is now the time is now they've been well rested the bye week everybody should be ready to go yeah one month left one month left make the most of it pressure though is an interesting conversation here when you talk about the Washington commanders I want to open up the phones on this 301-230-0980 is the number NFL.com says the commander's defense is one of four defenses under the most pressure entering the final month of the season. We'll put a spin on it here, Burgundy and Gold style. Which commander's player or coach is under the most pressure entering the final month of the season? You can tweet at me as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP, 301-230-0980 is the number. Which commander's player or coach is under the most pressure heading into the final month of the season? I'll tell you what I think next. Youngers in charge, move with Lanelle Willingham, riding with you till 3 o'clock on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. Coming up at 2 o'clock, we'll begin to scout the opponent, Dan Duggan, who covers the New York Giants for the Athletic, is set to join the program. And I mentioned it a few moments ago, Giants coming off of a beatdown Sunday at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. And man, the Eagles exposed some things, and it's crazy because I think Washington was the first to expose them. In that game last Sunday, Two Sundays ago against the New York Giants, 
Taylor Heineke throws for 275 yards. Washington runs for over 150 yards. It was the first time this season Washington's thrown for more than 170 and rushed for over a buck 50. The Philadelphia Eagles saying, hold my beer. Jalen Hurts and company blitzing the Giants from the outset of this thing. That Giants secondary is putrid, and Washington gets to face the same group this Sunday. Maybe they'll be a little bit more healthy. I will ask Dan Duggan about the health of some of the key members of the Giants secondary heading into Sunday's contest. That's at 2 o'clock. Right now, though, this NFL.com article says that the Washington Commanders are one of four defenses that are under the most pressure heading into the final month of the season, and I can't help but agree. When you are playing the style of ball that the Washington Commanders are playing, defensively, nothing's possible without this team playing at a championship level. The moment they drop back to average, the moment they start playing normal, (laughs) so to speak, is the moment this thing will fall off the rails. They've been special. They really have uh, over the last eight, nine weeks. They really have. The turnover thing is something I wonder if it's sustainable or not. But look, that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I think they can continue to turn folks over. When you're dominating teams from the inside out the way Washington is, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to turn the football over. One turnover forced in the first five games, they've had 14 turnovers since then. You do the math. So clearly this commander's defense doing their part to keep Washington in the playoff picture. The question is, which commander's player or coach is under the most pressure heading into the final month of the season? Who needs to play their best ball here down the stretch in order for Washington to make the postseason? I'm up with a player and a coach, and clearly this is the obvious answer. So listeners out there, you aren't allowed to use this one. Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke. Scott Turner and Taylor Heineke have a lot to prove over this last final four-game stretch of the season, and here's why. Like I said, if this offense can give you at least an average performance week in and week out for the next month, and the defense continues to play the way that they're playing, I can see a scenario in which the Washington Commanders win 11 games for the first time since 1991. Yeah, hell, you're damn right I could, I, I could see that. This is something that's not far-fetched, but it's going to take this offense holding up their end of the bargain. It's going to take this offense giving you something, right? And we saw it last Sunday against the Giants. This was a group that between the 20s showed you, hey, look, we got something here. If you all were listening last week, you remember I said, I think this commander's offense after the first Giants game is closer to being average than they've been all year. It was the first time all year you throw for 270 and run for 150. I mean, there's positive momentum right now building with this commander's offense. The big issue that they're having right now, though, is in between the 20s, or inside of the 20s, excuse me, the red zone specifically. Right now, Washington ranks 26th in red zone efficiency and 25th in goal-to-go efficiency. That's an area where they must get better at if this football team is going to reach the postseason. That's an area that they must get better at if we're going to start talking about them differently. Because guess what? Guess what? Say this thing does fall off the rails and Washington ends up not making the postseason. The thing that stinks is we'll be right back to square one. We'll be right back to square one, right, when it comes to being in year three of a five-year plan. You're right back to step one. The thing that gives me hope, though, like I said, 
is Sunday against the Giants was the first time since Taylor Heineke's taken over as the starter that I feel like we've gotten above average to average production. That's all this defense needs, right? That's all the defense needs. When you're not giving up more than 21 points, that's all you need from your offense is to give you average production. That's it. That's it. That's all. The question is, though, can Scott Turner continue to dial up plays to get guys open? Can Taylor Heineke become more consistent? Which is why I think those two clearly have the most pressure on them for the last month of the season. This commander's offensive line as well, though. The offensive line for a lot of us here locally has been the big talking point. They've been under the microscope a ton for good reason. You lose Tyler Larson for the season after putting him on injured reserve. You're now the walking wounded up front. But that's okay. That's okay. They're led by John Matsko, who is one of the best offensive line coaches in football. I trust that they'll get it together. But if we're talking about pressure and who's got to play big and show up in the big-time moments in order for this team to qualify for the postseason, you got to mention this commander's offensive line. And I want to get super specific and talk about center Nick Martin. The last time we saw Nick Martin, he was rolling the football into the ground, into the legs of Carson Wentz in that Tennessee Titans game. The last time we saw Nick Martin, it didn't look damn good. It didn't. It gives me worry. It gives me pause. It gives me angst going into the final month of the season knowing that the middle of our offensive line, the center spot, the guy who's in charge of calling all the protections out in this offense, the fact that we're going to be on our fourth center this year, that scares me. It does. It does. And if there's any area on this Giants defense that I truly do respect, it's the interior of their defensive line with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. We saw it in the first matchup. Wink Martindale does a tremendous job creating confusion along opposing teams' offensive lines. They did it with Washington. How many times did you see free rushers coming off the edge? That's why Nick Martin being inserted into the lineup is huge. It's huge. And I feel like it's the number one thing we're not talking about enough here. If it wasn't for the play of Tyler Larson over this eight-week stretch, would Washington be sitting at 6-1-1? One, and one? Would Washington be in the sixth seed in the postseason if it wasn't for Tyler Larson? He deserves a hell of a lot of credit. Next man up mentality, though. He's on the shelf. He's on IR. Probably isn't going to play again this year. Nick Martin's got a ton of pressure on him heading into the final month of the season. When you look at it big picture, though, making the postseason is the obvious goal. I don't care how you get it done. Getting in is all that matters. Punching your ticket to the dance is all that matters. But look, you don't have a shot of doing that if this commander's offense does not start holding up their end of the bargain. And I'm not just talking about unfulfilled yards. I'm not just talking about baseless yards is what I would like to say. Yards that have no merit to them. Yards that mean absolutely nothing. Because you saw it. You saw it against the Giants. You ended up in a 20-20 tie because you couldn't handle your business inside the 20-yard line. That's where I need to see this group take a big step forward. Hopefully we see that on Sunday night. You're coming off a game in which you had 411 yards of total offense and you only scored 20 points. When you want to talk about pressure, that's what causes pressure 
for an offensive coordinator. That's what puts pressure on a starting quarterback. Be better. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Hold up your end of the bargain. Because if you do, not only is this team going to make the postseason, they got an opportunity to be a real threat in January and February. Offensively, all you need, all you need is for this group to be average. And you don't know where the hell this thing could end up going. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Who's under the most pressure, player or coach, heading into the final stretch run of the season? Washington's got four games left. As we sit here on Tuesday, during the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. In order for Washington to maintain their playoff positioning, who's got the most pressure on them and who's got the ball out? Let's go to Rick in North Carolina. What's going on, Rick? Hey, Lanell, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? But, but love, love, love your energy, young man. Um, Lanell, um, I kind of disagree with you about the defense having the most pressure on I think if the defense it continues the way they've been playing, I mean, it's good. It's all on Scott Turner and, and Taylor Heineke. I mean, you say if we could just play average on offense. So average on offense to you is what? Is that 20 points a game? Is that average? Or? About, I mean, can I get 20 to 24 points? That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for 35 plus. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah most teams, if you can get three touchdowns and a field goal in a game, with our defense, you know, we, we, we can win, but – I, I, you know, it's all on Scott Turner and Taylor Heineken. And Lanier, I'm, I'm just gonna—I'll just say this. And me and you are kind of on the same page. You know, I—you I, know—I I was hoping that Ron would make a switch with, with Taylor Heineken. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's saying Taylor Heineken is leading Washington. Come on, Lanier. We know that Taylor Heineken is not leading Washington. He's managing the game. But, you know, granted, we we five one and one. But right. Linnell, to complete in the playoffs, you know we need we we need we need we need a, a, a the quarterback. We need Carson Wentz. We need a yeah. downfield throwing man. Everybody loves Taylor Heineke. They make it seem like if Heineke gets benched, the team is going to quit playing, and that's not how athletes work. You that. That's not how it works. It's not. They're going to keep playing. But I, I don't know why Ron. I mean, you, you brought this guy in, but now you, you, it's like you're afraid. To, I really think him and Scott Turner want to go back to Carson Wentz, but Ron is afraid. I'll, it's tell, not I'll, gonna I'll tell you this, Rick. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think we're too far away from that being a legitimate possibility. I'm well, not trying well, to speak I, anything I, I into existence. Thing, I'm not it, trying it, to it, talk down on Taylor. I just think he hasn't done enough, and clearly Ron thinks that enough. as well. He hasn't done enough to solidify the job moving forward. We are no, one no, 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 bad what? Taylor performance away from them going back to Carson. Well, why are they why are they treating him like he's, he's Brett Favre or somebody? I mean, <laughs> Taylor Heineke. I think that's I mean, the fan I, I base more than just, the coaching staff, right? I mean, when the fans, the fans are delusional. They, I mean, I don't know <laughs> why people. I don't know why people have this hatred. It seems like they hate Carson Wentz uh, uh, other than his football play. I mean, it seems like it's gone beyond that. But I was hoping, Ron. <laughs> I know Ron would shock the world if he came out tomorrow and Carson Wentz was taking first treat, first team reps. Would <laughs> you be probably, totally shocked? I'd be would shocked. Would you be totally I shocked? I would, but it's probably not going to happen. We'll get an update on him later on in the show. I appreciate the call, Rick. Look, I, I'd be shocked as well uh, if, if Carson Wentz ends up getting first team reps. The thing with the quarterback position right now with Washington is, like I said, and this isn't even supposed to be a quarterback-based discussion. I just feel like with all of my heart, we are one poor Taylor Heineke performance away 
or one loss away from them going back to Carson. Look, it is what it is. I just gave you the numbers. It's not like Taylor Heineke's lighting the world on fire. Nine touchdowns, five interceptions since he's taken over. Carson Wentz, before he got benched, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions. So the numbers are damn near identical. From a touchdown interception standpoint, the numbers are identical. At some point, we got to take off the foggy glasses and, and really look at it for what it is. I think the problem that we have as a fan base is we can't take things on at face value. We can't accept the fact that Taylor Heineke is just an average quarterback. But don't worry. We'll have more quarterback discussion uh, as the show rolls on here. Coming up at the top of the hour, Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider, is set to join us. We'll ask him what he thinks about the quarterback position. If you're on the line, stay there. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Going into the stretch run of the season, final four games, which player or coach for the Washington Commanders outside of Taylor Heineke has the most pressure on him? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Your call's next. Rocking and rolling here on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. Talking pressure. You know what they say? Pressure bust pipes. But if you're G from the shop, pressure gets you like a kite. <laughs> Look at me showing alliteration. 301 230 0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. You can tweet at me as well. At N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll reset the conversation here for a second. NFL.com put together a list uh, over the, the, the late night last night compiling the four defenses in the NFL that are in postseason contention that have the most pressure on them uh, here in the final stretch run of the season. And, of course, the Washington Commanders defense listed uh, in this group. I agree with it. They are under an immense amount of pressure, and I've given you some of the reasons already. My main one is based on how limited this commander's offense has been. Defensively, you must play perfection. You must play perfect. You must play flawless in order for this group to have a chance week in and week out. They've gone above and beyond for the last eight, nine weeks. Anytime you're able to force 14 turnovers, Uh, over a five-game stretch or over an eight-game stretch, excuse me, it shows where you are as a defense. They have taken tremendous strides in the right direction. The problem is, offensively, you haven't seen that type of growth and production out of this group. I think it might be fair to say we've seen the offense go in the complete opposite direction, 110% when it comes to the production. But I said it, though, that Giants game – what was it, nine, ten days ago now, when they tied 2020 up in the Meadowlands, that was, to me, the best offensive performance we've seen from this group since Taylor Heineke's taken over. The numbers don't lie. First time throwing over 270 yards on the year and the first time running for over 150 yards on the year in the same game. That lets me know 
that offensive coordinator Scott Turner's plan starting to come to fruition a little bit. That lets me know that maybe they're going in the right direction. The question is, can they maintain the level of consistency necessary for them to punch their ticket to the postseason? That's what I want to know. Can I trust this group? Can I trust this group? It lends me to ask the question, though, which commander's player or coach is under the most pressure heading into the stretch run of the season? 301-230-0980 is the number. I've given you Taylor Heineke. So please don't choose Taylor Heineke. Clearly, he's got the most pressure on him. But if you got to look at any other places, the offensive line, somewhere on defense, I said the center spot with Nick Martin because Tyler Larson came in in the absence of Chase Roulier and solidified this entire offensive line. If you all have been listening to the show as regulars, you know I've told you this Scott Turner-led offense is different. The center is responsible for all the protection calls up front, which is why you saw on Sunday when Tyler Larson goes out of the game, the protection gets a little bit wacky because Nick Martin hasn't been here as long as Tyler Larson has. So moving forward, Nick Martin's got a lot of pressure on him, and I think he is the most critical, important piece of this commander's offense right now. I know a lot of you would say quarterback, but hell, the center touches the ball every play. The center's the one that is the nucleus of the entire offense. The center's the one that makes everything go. If the protection ain't right up front, well, we already know how that story goes. Let's take your calls here. Let's go to Mark and Chevy Chase. Mark, who do you think's got the most pressure on him heading into the stretch run of the season? Hey, I can I can totally agree with that Nick Martin. I can totally agree with Nick Martin. But I tell you, there's a deeper problem. Each week from here on out, we have a chance of with each win to make our team less irrelevant, to make them more relevant in this town. Right now, um, Sunday, you you go over to the gym, you go over to the grocery store. So many people don't know they're playing. So hopefully each are on this team. So many people, I'm not insinuating, I'm an old-timer, I go back to the 80s. Each win gives us a chance to talk up this team, which I think is great. I'm so excited for this football. We finally get to see meaningful football in December. I'm praying for meaningful football in January with the Cowboys game. I'm hoping for meaningful football in February this year. But each week, right now we don't have much pressure because we're pretty irrelevant in this town. But each week we're going to build up this team with each win. All right, thanks. Hey, Mark, I appreciate the call, buddy. And Mark makes a hell of a point, and this is what I said in the opener. This group right now, despite the play on defense, despite the dominant performance, the championship-level performance that you've gotten on defense, this group still isn't getting the love nationally. I'm back, baby. Where the love? Where is the love at for the Washington Commanders? That, that's what I want to know. The 49ers are everyone's flavor of the week right now, and they're being led by Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. And we still can't get no love? I'm back, baby. Where the love? Where the love Wayne and Bowie wants to tap it. What's going on, Wayne? First of all, I enjoy your show. And uh, to answer your question about who's the pressure on, people are not really looking at the commanders if they don't think, that Scott Turner is the reason. <laughs> Scott Turner has pressure on him. I tell you why. When Brian Robinson came back from being shot and everything, they used him as the bell cow. You don't do that when you got Antonio Gibson. You need to use him more. Secondly, it ain't on Heineke this, Heineke that. 
Tiny kids, they asked him to wash the car, take the bucket of water, go to the spring, <laughs> bring her the bucket of water back. They, he does what he's told. Yeah. It's not on him. It's on the daggone offensive coordinator. Tiny is not a pocket passer. He's a guy. Look what Jalen Hurts did to the Giants. He used a read option, and then he went to his back. Oh, he ran it. Damn it. Use, use <laughs> Taylor the same damn way. When I, I appreciate your frustration, and I understand. The, the conversation is interesting, though, when you talk about Scott Turner and what he's doing and what he's not doing. It really feels like right now, based off of what the offensive line is going through and their inability to pass protect, if you're Scott Turner, how much more difficult it is as a play caller to try to call plays knowing that the offensive line can't hold up, knowing that you're going to have to leave in seven guys in protection and you're running two-man route combinations. The fact that they're still able to move the ball and be functional as an offense based off of how bad this offensive line is, I think Scott Turner deserves credit. Uh, more so than blame. Let's go to Big Dog in Annapolis. Hey, man, what's up? What's going on, man? How you doing? Call, man. I, I got to agree with you on a lot of things that you say on a day-to-day basis on the show. Man, I got to go with the uh hey, 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 cut your radio down, brother. Cut your radio down. I got to I gotta go with the coaches having the most pressure because from the start of the season up to now, it's been shown that they, they take too long to make adjustments. Now, they got to make adjustments on that front line, like you were saying with Nick Martin, that if they do decide to bring Wentz back, he'll have enough time to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point of it. And still keep the running game consistent, you know, because the running game opens up the passing game. And then you got to look at it from this way. Ron don't call the plays, but he he has another job, which is to get players in here that can perform. Yeah. And if you don't show up this season, just like last season before, nobody's going to want to come here and play. Yep. You can't get no free agents. You can't, you know, you can't make us better, make us attractive on any front. I agree with you. It's, deep, it's, deeper, than, it's deeper than just making the postseason. I appreciate the call, Big Dog. It, it's deeper than just making the postseason. And this is what he was just trying to say. I like to say it's deeper than rap, so to speak. If you finish out this season strong and you make the postseason, you're now, I would think, a little bit higher up on some of these potential free agents' radar. Why would you not want to come to Washington? Young, ascending team, a player's coach in Ron Rivera. You got multiple former players on the staff, Jack Del Rio, Chris Harris. I mean, they, they've got dudes. They've got dudes. This is a program that's trending in the right direction. Finish it. Finish the job. That's all I want to see. Finish the job. I'm now at a point where I expect this team to make the postseason, and I think all of you do as well based on the optimism that you have around the group. I know this, though. If they're going to make the postseason, the defense must continue to play at a championship level, but eventually, eventually you're going to need more from this offense. Commander and Chiefess, how are you? Hey, hey. I miss you all. I've been going to nursing homes in between, haven't had time to call in. And we appreciate you totally, calling. To- totally excited and got my outfit ready for uh, Sunday night. And that are you going to be there? Gonna you're going to be there. I'm a, yes, I'm a season ticket holder. I'll be there. I love to hear it. But what we did, I believe in Heineke. I'm going to say that. I'm going to keep saying it until I can't say it anymore. Oh, <laughs> you know, I've been saying it all season. Oh, Lord. I, yeah, okay, I know. So we know. We know I love my Heineke. I'm sorry. I'm a, my daughter goes to Old Dominion. I love Heineke. 
Well, that's a good reason. But I believe, yes, it is on Heineke. Like you said, you've already put him at the top. He's in a league on his own as far as what he needs. But the caller just now said something about adjustments. They were not prepared for a mobile Daniel Jones. When you look at look at that adjustment that needed to be, we could have it would have been a win instead of the tie. Daniel yeah. was out of that pocket a lot. That's where we did not make the adjustment. So I think the coaching making the adjustment, yeah. whatever the adjustment is going to be needed on Sunday, that's going to be the difference in this game. That was the difference in us win, not winning in a tie. Yeah, hey, I appreciate the call. Look, we got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Ethan Cadeau of NBC Sports Washington is set to join the program. He'll give us the latest on the Burgundy and Gold, hopefully give us some clarity on the injury situation going into Sunday night's big-time game against the New York Giants. All that and more next here on the Burgundy and Gold today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 